Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. If you're fascinated by the darker sides of humanity, join us every week on our podcast, Serial Killers, where we go deep into notorious true crime cases. With significant research and careful analysis, we examine the psyche of a killer, their motives and targets, and law enforcement's pursuit to stop their spree. Follow Serial Killers wherever you get your podcasts and get new episodes every Monday. Hello, I'm Blair Bathory, and this is the Something Scary Podcast, your weekly dose of horror from around the world. We welcome all voices and cultures because we believe fear is a universal language that everyone understands. It's Black History Month, and here at Something Scary, we are thrilled to feature and uplift the voices of talented Black writers in our horror community. Make sure you listen each week in February to hear tales from these amazing writers. Let's go back to basics with stories of the thing that haunts us all, ghost. Whether you're someone who can see them or not, they are always there, lurking around us. The spirits of the dead, the tormented and evil are here, and you better pray they don't have unfinished business with you. First, to fear or not to fear the dead, followed by death by arrogance, then stranger danger at school. Finally, in our featured story, it will get you while you sleep. So, wanna hear something scary? Let's go home. They say that God will never give you more than what you can handle. So if you were shown a ghost, what would you do about it? We'll find out if one girl is afraid in the following story written by our returning feature writer, RJ Joseph. If you want to hear more of her stories, check out our previous episodes, Embody the Horror and All Hallows Hell. Lottie loved her elevator. It was extra fancy for other people, but it was a necessity for us to get Lottie from floor to floor in our house. That she loved it and wasn't afraid of it was a bonus. Every weekday morning, she and I wheeled into the elevator so I could get her to her school bus out front. She giggled loudly and waved her arms with glee. Neither her specialized medical team nor I could tell how much vision she actually had. 
but I did know. She always focused her amusement-lit eyes on the back right corner of the elevator. She laughed the entire ride down and remained focused on that corner as I rolled her out, the beginnings of a frown marking her pretty little face at our leaving. When I'd remind her that we'd been using it again in the afternoon when she got home from school, she'd perk up again and hold her gaze on that right back corner until I closed the door. The first time we waved her hand purposefully was as we entered her beloved elevator one morning. She raised her right arm up to her eye level and slowly lifted her fingers. Are you waving, Lottie? You're so awesome. Look at mommy's little girl. I was beside myself with excitement. Physical movements were difficult for my baby, but she worked hard to do what she could. I was so proud of her and her determination. She giggled at my excitement. Her arm dropped. She raised it again at a diagonal, the way she did when she wanted to rest her hand or arm on me to get my attention. She pointed her hand directly at the back right corner. Her arm stopped as if her hand had encountered something solid. That something solid wasn't me or the elevator walls. The mirth in her eyes intensified and a shiver rolled down my arms. I looked into the corner, which was directly next to where I stood when we rode down. I saw nothing except the wood paneling that made up the elevator walls. My unease grew as I watched Lottie hold her arm up in the same position the entire ride. She didn't have the muscle strength to do that unassisted. That afternoon, she and I stood for a long moment in front of the elevator before I opened the door for our ride up to her room. Lottie signaled her impatience with my hesitance by fidgeting in her chair. When she started to whimper, I knew I couldn't wait any longer. I opened the elevator door and watched my daughter for her response. As I expected, her eyes again lit up and she raised her hand pointing it to the back right corner. As I entered, I too peered at the corner, looking for anything to explain her amusement and the prickly anxiety that crept over me. I really wanted an explanation for her sudden ability to hold her arm up for such sustained periods of time. I saw nothing. Lottie cooed as she closed her outstretched hand midair. I closed the door and we started up. The light went out in the elevator. I muffled a shriek so I wouldn't scare Lottie. I needn't have worried about Lottie being scared though. She waved her arms more frantically, laughing herself into breathlessness. A dim, luscious light involved in the right corner and a slight movement off to my right side caught my eye. A little girl was in the elevator with us, someone I had never seen before. She held Lottie's outstretched hand and laughed with as much amusement as Lottie expressed. I couldn't hear her, but I could see her. She and my baby were enjoying each other. They ignored me as they apparently had done for some time, caught up in their usual elevator play with each other. The cold I felt spread through my whole body. Lottie seemed unaffected by the chill. The elevator ride to the second floor took longer than usual. Then it hit me. The power was out. We shouldn't be moving at all. We weren't going to the second floor. The moment the realization came, the little girl turned to me and stared straight into my eyes. She then released Lottie's hand to make a brushing motion, sliding her palms together. Let's go home, she signed. 
I recognized the phrase from Lottie and my attempt to learn ASL to see if it was something Lottie could use to communicate. Lottie also remembered the phrase and giggled loudly, nodding her head. The elevator continued to rise, holding Lottie, me, and the other little girl. It grew colder and colder. The last conscious thought I would have brought warmth to a small corner of my heart at the sight of the two little girls, giggling, singing, and playing together. They were happy. We were going home. Do you believe some people have the ability to see spirits that could potentially be walking among us? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. We all know those people who think they always know best. Sometimes they do. And sometimes that mentality is what gets them in trouble. Like in this story inspired by Onyx Spade. Norman Wright was a 40-year-old butcher who was never too kind to his clients. He was a devious and arrogant man with more enemies than friends. In the peaceful community of Harlow Valley, Jamaica, where he lived, a local man, Hubert Grimm, had passed away a few months back. Even since his death, strange reports of a cow-like creature with blazing red eyes sitting in the middle of the road at night started pouring in. Residents warned each other from going out past midnight. They said it was a demon cow. But Norman, who was used to dealing with cow carcasses and being the pompous man he was, did not heed the warnings. It was a cold Saturday. He had just finished butchering some beef and was walking home a little after 1 a.m. The air was frigid and the night was pitch black. The pothole-filled country road was illuminated by a single street light. Norman neared a corner where a rusty trailer sat. To the left was an old wooden house surrounded by a fence. Both places were owned by Hubert Grimm, the dead man. Norman got an eerie feeling as he approached the trailer, but ignored it and put on a brave facade to hide his fear. He hurriedly turned the corner when he stopped dead in his tracks. Shrouded by the thick bushes at the roadside was what looked like a cow, a big black and white spotted bovine sitting down just beyond the light in the dark, seemingly watching him from the shadows. 
Norman tried scaring the animal off with loud sounds, but it didn't move, remaining as still as a statue. Norman continued his walk when all of a sudden, he heard the clanking of chains, the sound instilling a paralyzing fear in him. He heard the sound earlier and brushed it off as just the wind. He stared at the beast as it stood on all four legs. What he thought to be a cow stepped into the orange-yellow light and his heart plummeted. The creature had the body of a cow and the head of a goat. Its hind legs were those of a horse. Its right front leg was that of a goat. And the last one was from a human being. It had blazing, fiery eyes and smoke coming from its nostrils with a long tail that curled under its back. Completing its horrid look was a thick, long chain that dragged along the floor as it strutted in his direction. Norman was so shocked he could not move a muscle. The cow-like thing stopped halfway and dragged its hooves across the ground preparing to charge. Norman didn't wait and sped off back into the winding road, trying his best to avoid the potholes. The beast let out a hellish guttural sound that chilled him to the bone. Norman ran as fast as he could and slammed straight into someone, one of the elders of the community. They stared at each other briefly, then looked at the supernatural creature charging at them. The old man took out a whip and hit the air. It cracked and the beast halted instantaneously. It was afraid of the whip. The man bravely walked to the beast and flogged it three times with the whip. The creature let out a loud screech and disappeared not before throwing each man a death glare. When the old man helped Norman up, he explained that what came across was a rolling calf, a shapeshifter, a duppy. A rolling calf was a person who was wicked and dishonest while they were alive. He explained that after these people die, they are said to resurrect and take form of an animal that roams at night, seeking out its next victim. Norman and the man waited till morning to return to his wife and children. Norman shared the tale with his family and they were so thankful he was okay. His wife scolded him for being so brash, suggesting he be more cordial with his customers. Months later, Norman stayed at work again until well after midnight. He knew the townspeople were right about the demon cow spirit, but he figured, Lighting doesn't strike in the same place twice. Yet once again came across the calf with glaring blood red eyes. But this time, the old man who previously saved him was nowhere to be found. And this time, Norman would not live to tell the tale. The furious rolling calf charged at Norman. The last thing he saw was piercing red eyes and smoke coming from the nostrils of the goat's head attached to the cow's body. And the last thing he heard was the terrifying sound of the chain swinging from the calf's neck. Are you brazen enough to face a demon cow spirit? Or would you have been the person to stay in after midnight? Have you ever come face to face with an evil apparition? If you have, send us your story by emailing somethingscary at snarled.com. (laughs) 
How do you know what you should be afraid of if the good looks exactly like the bad? As in this story inspired by Ayana. When I was in kindergarten, I had a chilling experience. I was at my first field day. The event was like a mini Olympics for all the kids in school. I was excited for the festivities, but was also incredibly nervous because I wasn't great at sports. The pressure leading up to that day was stressful for me, but thankfully, my sweet papa was always around to give me good advice. He said, little old Yaya, just do your best and you'll make yourself proud. It was great advice, but I was still freaking out once my track event rolled around. The entire school was outside watching the events. Lots of the kids had hot chocolate and parents surrounded the field wrapped in blankets with cups of coffee. Both of my parents worked so I knew they wouldn't be able to come cheer me on. Nevertheless, I was at the starting line ready to run as fast as I could. My papa's words ran through my mind and just before the bell sounded to start, I looked up and saw someone in a red baseball cap with a soft smile. It was my papa. He made it. The bell sounded and I took off as fast as I could. I could see papa grinning in the crowd. I rounded the corner and took third place. I cried with excitement and exhaustion. I called out to papa and he shouted back, go little Yaya, go. He followed my team around as we moved to different events on the field. I watched him on the sidelines schmoozing with other parents and my teachers, no doubt telling them how proud he was of me. Halfway through the day, I wondered where my grandmother was. They never go anywhere without each other, continued to scan the crowd for her, but to no avail. Finally, during our quick break, I ran over to hug my papa. He scooped me up in his arms, but he didn't smell the way he usually did, with the scent of gain laundry detergent and my grandma's perfume. I asked him where Graham was, but he avoided the question, just telling me how proud he was of me. I told him it was all thanks to the advice that he gave me. He said, yeah, the best advice is hard work pays off. Huh? That wasn't what he told me. He told me to just do my best and make myself proud. I was standing there confused when he took me by the hand and said he would drive me home. He started to pull me toward the car when my teachers called my name. It was time for the wheelbarrow race. I squeezed my papa's hand and then ran back off to the field. I could no longer find him in the crowd after that. After field day ended, my mom picked me up and I was so excited giving her the details of the event and telling her that papa actually came to support. When we arrived home, Everyone was there for family dinner. My parents, my two big brothers, and my grandparents. My mother told my papa, Yaya said you visited her at the field today. That was so sweet. Papa's face crinkled. What are you talking about? He said in confusion. I laughed and told him to stop playing around. I wanted him to tell everyone how well I did during my events, but he was quiet. He said that he was with my grandma at a doctor's appointment all day. He was happy to hear I placed with a medal, but unfortunately, he wasn't there to see it. As I was describing in detail my interaction with him at the school, I 
had a terrible realization. If it wasn't him, then who cheered me on? Who hugged me? And who tried to take me into their car? I burst into tears, the whole thing too terrifying to comprehend. How could someone who wasn't my papa trick me? How did we know that that was my papa sitting at the table right now? The adults all shared worried looks. Although they tried to calm me, I could tell they were also concerned. Later that night, my mother was tucking me in and she explained they think that I saw a doppelganger, a biologically unrelated lookalike or a body double of my papa, a ghostly figure that might have been there to deliver me a message. My mother assured me that I had nothing to worry about. She then waved my papa into the room. I quickly hid under my blankets and curled up into a ball. He put his hand on my back and called me his little old yaya. He said he knew I was scared and I could take all the time I needed. And through the blanket, I could smell the scent of gain laundry detergent and my grandma's perfume. And I knew that I would be okay. Have you ever come into contact with a doppelganger? What would you do? Would you ever want to meet yours? Or would you be too terrified? If you did meet a doppelganger, what would you say to them? If you'd like to support Something Scary and everything we do, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. You'll get access to our members-only Discord and become a part of our spooky community. And don't forget to check out our new merch on somethingscary.com. We have new gifts that will warm even the darkest hearts for Valentine's Day. In our final story, join my co-host Stephanie as she tells the tale of the Boo Hag, inspired by Madison B. The story is also now animated over on our YouTube channel. In the low country of South Carolina, roam many ghosts and spirits. There are numerous ways to protect yourself from those with cruel intentions. But it's difficult to do that when you're the one who invited them in in the first place. I spent most of middle school locked in my bedroom with music blaring. My loving home had turned into a battlefield. With my mom and dad arguing nonstop, I was so grateful when my grandma decided to move to South Carolina and live right next door to my parents. My escape to her house felt like a dream. The first thing she did when she moved in was to paint the front door and the ceilings a haint blue. Haint is a Southern or Gula variation meaning hunt. The blue color confuses evil spirits into thinking they're seeing sky or water and causing them to pass right over a house. Grandma always had cool stories like that to share. I would go to her house after school and she would welcome me with hugs and my favorite snacks. She'd tell me stories from when she was young and afterwards we would watch TV together before I was sent home. During one particular bad night at my house, I snuck over to my grandma's to stay the night. She was sound asleep and I didn't want to wake her, so I tiptoed into her guest bedroom and crawled into bed. I tried to sleep but kept tossing and turning. I didn't know if it was because I wasn't used to the quietness or if it was just because I was sleeping 
in an unfamiliar bed. But either way, something felt strange. I didn't like the closet door that was just the opposite of the bed. It was a small door, barely even noticeable, given that the colors of the door matched the wall. It was filled with old clothes from my grandmother's youth. Just as I was about to fall asleep, I heard the closet door creak. My head popped off the pillow. I thought maybe it was just the clothes pressing against the door, but then I heard the handle turn. I flipped on my bedside lamp and I froze. The closet door was now wide open. Seeing that some clothes had fallen off the hangers, I realized I made a big deal out of nothing. With a shaky hand, I turned off the lamp. And that's when I noticed. Against the moonlight, I could make out the shadowy outline of a person. They looked like they were hunched over in the door frame. I tried to turn the light back on, but I was frozen. I watched as a red skeletal figure stalked towards me. As it lurked over me, I could see it had no real face or features. When it climbed on top of me, in my mind, I was clawing, kicking, and screaming. But the truth was, I couldn't move a muscle. It leaned over me, and we were face to face. Summoning all my energy, I opened my mouth and let out a shriek so loud, it pierced my eardrums. But the creature just opened its mouth and took in my scream drinking up all of my breath. I felt life start to drain from my body. I could barely keep my eyes open. And then suddenly, the room lights flipped on. I gasped for air and began coughing. My grandma ran to my side and helped me as I wept in her arms. As soon as my mother discovered I was not in my room, grandma had checked in to see if I was hiding in one of her rooms. I was too upset to even tell her what had happened. I wasn't even sure if it was real. I slept in bed with her the rest of the night. Morning finally came and after a long rest, I was able to tell her what I saw. Her gentle, warm face went pale and cold. It was the boo hag, she said, lowering her voice. She continued saying that some call it a faint. It's an evil spirit manifested over many years. They attack people at night, choking them and taking over their bodies by stealing their breath. It's my fault it attacked you, she said. Shaking her head, she never thought to paint the closet doors the color haint. I told her, no, I was the one who snuck in without asking. If grandma hadn't come in when she did, I, I couldn't even finish my thoughts. It was impossible to bear to think about what might have happened to me. That evening, I helped grandma paint all of the doors inside the house. It made me feel safer, but it still doesn't protect me from my memories of that terrible night. This week's podcast stories were edited by Sarah Lukasiewicz, Janine Pipe, and Stephanie Strange. Narration by Blair Bathory and Stephanie Strange. Audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris. Additional audio editing by Calvin Linderman. Art and graphics by Irma Richardson. 
Produced by Anna Villalobos. Executive produced by Gail Gilman. Music by Sapphire Sandalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my spooky friends, sweet screams. <laughs>